Hey everybody, I'm Phil. And I'm Willow. And it's Del Toro time. It's Del Toro time, and we are at the halfway point. We are. Yeah, episode four of eight. Four of eight. Who thought we would make it this far? We've been doing this podcast for quite a few years. I kind of hoped we would. (laughs) I mean, you know, we kind of gave up on Troll Hunters, so. (laughs) Well, yeah, but Troll Hunters was a long-standing, long-term series. (laughs) And this is eight episodes. We've got a Pinocchio to get to. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm much more interested in this than I am in Troll Hunters. Right. (laughs) So this is our, the fourth episode, the third one based on a pre-existing story, only this one's loosely, like, just barely suggested by a pre-existing story. Uh, this week's episode is The Outside, uh, written by Haley Z. Boston and directed by Anna Lily Amirpour, who a movie of whose of a movie that she directed that you have seen. Yes. Yes. Uh, which movie was it again? A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah. And you watched it for a class in college. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. As opposed think? to a class somewhere else. Right. Well, you know, maybe a night school or a, I don't know, like a, an online course you're taking for fun. Uh, what did you think of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night? It was really good. Um, it was in Arabic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. Uh, yeah. It's, did I, did, I assume you know how she describes it. How who describes it? The director. And why don't you fill us in on how she uh, describes she it? She calls it a, a vampire spaghetti western. Yeah. Uh, but also like in Arabic. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the spaghetti western part is because it's an Iranian movie filmed entirely in L.A. Yeah, uh, and it's also all in black and white. So, having just recently watched a movie by the director, did you notice any parallels in this episode, like um, stylistically or anything? Yeah, a little bit. It's hard to explain because I don't have the like experience to explain it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's definitely, it definitely, um, the a girl walks home alone at night had the same sort of when violence happens it's sudden and shocking yeah um like it there's minimal violence in it but when it does happen it's like uh, uh. <laughs> <clears throat> and um just the the way things looked the cinematography was was similar yeah the camera mm-hmm. setups and stuff yeah well it's and it's also a, a woman focused mm-hmm. story and and yeah. that's what and this is our first woman focused story in the series mm-hmm. uh it's the first that is it the first that has women in it well, i guess it was a woman in the first segment the... there, were, there were two women in the first segment that's right that's right uh and then the second one there was the prostitute right who had like two lines uh-huh. and then in the third one there were definitely no women there were no women so this is our not only our first story focused on a woman it's one of the few stories that has an, a, more than a couple of women in it mm-hmm. uh and boy does it because most of the cast in this uh most of the you know the acting cast is is women uh, i'd say there's yeah. probably two main characters in this in this episode uh but yeah i i do want i want to talk just for a sec about the source material okay because it's based on a comic by emma Emily Carroll, who we briefly mentioned in the last episode, uh, is a relatively famous web comic mm-hmm. writer and illustrator, and uh, she has a famous collection of of her comics called Through the Woods. Her comics tend to be horror focused and. As they were originally published online, they tend to make a lot of use of the webcomic format. Like they'll have mm-hmm. some animated sequences and where she, where you click to quote unquote turn the page uh, is functional within the story at times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She she 
know she's incredibly talented. Her stories are incredibly creepy, and she's very good at using the medium to to shock you and tell the story. Uh, but this story is it's based on a comic that she wrote and illustrated called uh oh it's uh i want to make sure i get it right because i keep forgetting what it's called um it's called some other animals meet and it's a strange comic uh the the basic story of which is a woman works for a company called aloe glow and she has like aloe glow parties selling this Mm -hmm. skin lotion the skin cream like an MLM? You don't even, it doesn't even go into it that far. She's just, it's basically just like, she's just selling it to her friends, like Avon. So it's, it's an L, it's an MLM. <laughs> uh, but again, that's not even important. What's important is mm-hmm. that she sells this cream, but she can't use it herself because she's allergic to it. Yeah. Uh, and at night she dreams or hallucinates that the cream comes to life and forms a sort of abstract creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, but it's not like a humanoid, like vaguely humanoid, but it's full of like weird shapes and stuff. And it's mostly a story that's her own inner monologue about how she wishes she could remove her, like she wishes she could just have different skin. She, she feels not really from a beauty perspective, but just she doesn't feel like she belongs in her own body Mm -hmm. and she feels disconnected from her own skin and that's it like not a whole lot happens there's no there's no uh like violence axe murder there's no axe murder there's no story really it's more of a meditation (laughs) on uh self and Mm -hmm. our relation to our own bodies um and that's it and it's just an aloe glow is just kind of this product that is the it, that the story centers on. And she has like these hallucinations when she's uh, like demonstrating it for people. She uses just enough for demonstration, but she has like sort of weird encounters where she thinks people are melting or she thinks she's melting. But then it all just it's all in her. It's clearly all in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of forms the and it's, of course, creepily illustrated. But that sort of formed the basis for this episode, which otherwise has very little to do with the original comic (laughs) because what is this episode about uh about a woman who hates the way that she looks and is surrounded by mean girls all the time at her job Uh and uh gets gifted this lotion for a weird not secret santa christmas thing at her co-worker's house and gets obsessed with it she's incredibly allergic to it yeah um and then murders her husband after talking to this uh uh, uh, an aloe glow salesperson through her television set repeatedly Mm -hmm. yeah and uh they go through the the list of side effects of aloe glow and one of them is the one that's uh put the most emphasis on is hallucinations yes and yeah and her husband keeps trying to reassure her that she's perfect just the way she is and she won't hear of it yeah she murders her husband with an axe and a lotion monster absorbs her and then she becomes beautiful and she becomes one of the mean girls i have a question for you yes do you think this was all in her head oh yes Mm -hmm. i do i definitely i don't I don't believe there's any, I don't think that the direction or the episode gave us any indication yeah. that it was anything other than her hallucination. Which is a first for this show as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because there's no reason that it wouldn't, like, this isn't the stuff. This isn't about a a, a dangerous product. Mm-hmm. It is about, because the other women who use it are fine. It's about this woman's self-image and the all-encompassing. It's weird. So these episodes start with narration by Guillermo Toro Mm -hmm. and all of his narration in this one was all about television yeah he's like the magic cabinet of curiosities through which you know like that can sell you anything but it didn't really feel like this was about tv no but like it it was about her inner life it felt like 
um, how infomercials and TV and beauty standards and stuff, like all through media, can cause someone who maybe wasn't perfectly mentally healthy already to to devolve and break down. Um, right. I, mean, I can I can I see what they're trying to say. I just felt like I don't know that to me that wasn't the focus. To me, the focus no, was, was like the, you know what what we tell women they're supposed to look like and how that impacts interpersonal relationships. Right. So the the, the main character, her name is Stacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's played by Kate Micucci, uh from who you know people will know from the uh, the the comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates, uh, but she's been in a billion other things you may know her as webby vanderquack in the ducktales reboot um but she's in a million things she's in everything and they've really done her up to look terrible mm-hmm. <laughs> and not in a not in a in a totally exaggerated way like they've made her skin just blotchy enough they give her fake teeth like but not mm-hmm. like like not like unrealistic teeth yeah and then they shoot her from very unflattering angles in very unflattering lighting mm-hmm. uh because kate Maguji is not an unattractive person no like i mean conventionally unattractive uh, she has big eyes but she's also the kind of uh performer who's not afraid to make herself look weird and make faces and and allow herself to be shot from strange angles you said earlier before we watched that this episode is full of comedy actors yes i think that was necessary for this episode <laughs> so yeah so uh anna lily Arampour shoots this it's like a like it could take place in the same neighborhood as edward scissorhands <laughs> like it, it's so cartoony and so mm-hmm. over the top and it's shot from like all these wacky angles and like the mean girls are all very exaggerated yeah uh, uh, they're 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 picture perfect. They're mean. They all hate their husbands. Mm-hmm. They hate all other women. Like it's just this sort of snipey, backbitey, just catty. They she hate each a, other. They hate each other. Yeah, it's just, they work at a bank, and all they do is just badmouth other people and and dress nice and talk about uh all the cosmetic surgery they're going to get done. Mm-hmm. Like this, the episode's not subtle. No, uh, right. I do think that the ending of the episode is really interesting. We'll get to that. Yeah, it is an it is an interesting uh, episode. So the main the main mean girl uh, is played by uh, is played by Kylie Evans, mm-hmm. who you probably don't remember, but she was. In I recognized the, her. She was in the Strain, so she plays the main mean girl, and she's pitch perfect, Gina. Uh, now, the reason I said that there's a lot of comedy actors in this is because the two leads are Kate Micucci and also. Her husband, Keith, is played by Martin Starr, who, I mean, people know from Freaks and Geeks. People know from uh, Marvel's Spider-Man movies. He plays the science teacher and the head of the academic decathlon. Uh, Martin Starr, he usually he's usually in comedies. And he plays this character. He kind of plays his his typical sort of flat, uh, uh, known, like, not, I won't say no nonsense, but his kind of affectless character that he plays in this. But he plays a loving husband. Like, a, he's not doting. He's a little dry, very mid western but uh but he tells his his wife repeatedly that there's nothing wrong with her that she's beautiful that he loves her that he finds everything about her attractive so he's he is not contributing to the the sense of he's not contributing to i think her self-image but their mm-hmm. lives are contributing
contributing to, I think, her sense that her life is going nowhere. Because I think it's, yeah. it's telling that they are two people who come home from work, immediately sit down in front of the TV and just start watching TV. And then the third sort of lead is the the television salesperson for Aloe Glow, who's played by Dan Stevens uh, from the TV series Legion. He also is from the TV, the miniseries Gaslit. You might know him as playing uh, 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 the Beast in the live action Beauty and the Beast remake. Uh, and, and most importantly to me, he is the lead in the fantastic horror film The Guest, uh, playing The Guest, playing David, and of course, Downton Abbey, playing Matthew Crawley. I mean, he's a very famous British actor. Uh, uh, he's very attractive, very handsome, and he plays a weird character as her. Was it the tele- teleprompt, the guy who was on the TV? Yeah, he plays the, uh, okay. the, the, the guy on TV. The guy who, doing the terrible accent. Who's doing a weird foreign accent that doesn't sound like it's from anywhere. Mm-hmm. But Dan Stevens, uh, even though he's kind of known to be just like a sort of a handsome actor, is a very eccentric actor, very offbeat, mm-hmm. um, and willing to put himself out there. He, he, he plays Scarlet Main in uh, the Netflix series Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts. Oh, I which, love that show. Which, you know, if you haven't seen it, is a fantastic show. So he's he's a very versatile actor. And uh, so when I say like it's mostly comedy actors, that's kind of what I mean. Like, there, yeah, there's a real wacky sensibility to this. I think you might have liked the episode more than I did. Yeah. Um, that would make sense. Like, do you think it made its point well? Do you think it? Do you think it got its themes across effectively? I don't think it was meant to be about TV. I think that intro was wrong. Okay. <laughs> I think that the intro set us up to look at it from a perspective that was incorrect. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's 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 weird. I haven't actually. You know, we haven't really talked much about the Game of Toro intros. They're very Twilight Zoney. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't tend to remember them. I think he's. He's sort of hypnotic and fascinating, but uh, they're not necessary entry points to the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he is charming, though. He is delightful yes. and he looks good in a suit. But th- this what this episode really reminded me of a lot was, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie um, Requiem for a Dream. No. Re- which I don't doubt because it's an <laughs> extreme movie and it's very hard to watch. But uh, part of the, one of the subplots in Requiem for a Dream is uh, the main character's mother is uh, something of a shut-in and... And she becomes obsessed with her appearance and she starts to, well, basically the exact same thing. She starts hallucinating that the TV is talking to her mm-hmm. and convincing her to go on this crash diet with all these diet pills. And as the as the movie goes on, uh, her sequences become more and more hallucinatory mm-hmm. and more and more like these terrible dreams and nightmares uh, as she gets as she her body wastes away further and further and she becomes more and more addicted to diet pills um this episode kate micucci she continues to use this lotion convinced it's going to make her beautiful even though her skin is incredibly allergic to it Mm -hmm. and begins to like scab and like peel away yeah uh, as the episode goes on her husband notices that it is scabbing and peeling away and tells her repeatedly to stop using the lotion but she has ordered an entire crate of it i think i might have liked this episode more than you did because i think it dealt with issues that i've dealt with yeah um i mean not even just mental stuff but physical stuff because I, I have very sensitive skin and I've, I've experienced the uh, reaction that she has to the lotion before. It's not yeah. fun. Um, no, I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, but I, I also think I liked the ending of this one more than the endings of the others. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is the lotion, she at least she believes, the lotion has formed a like a, like a, 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 a mirror version of herself. There's a mm-hmm. lotion woman who appears, uh, who she absorbs and then uh, she, she 
the lotion woman melts into the tub. She submerges herself in the lotion. And when she comes out, her skin falls away and she is now beautiful. Yeah. But then what happens at the end, end, end? Well, I think, so the there's an end, 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 but before the end, 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 uh, as she's walking into the building, as she's going back to work, um, I think that the 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 way that we we see everything happening in this episode is entirely through her lens. Yeah. Um, and I think that that falls away a bit at the end mm-hmm. um, because the the blonde woman, uh, the blonde mean girl, Gina. we see dealing with a problem. Uh, she's she's trying to advocate for her son because uh-huh. uh, her, her son's father is is emotionally neglectful. Um, and that's like the first humanization we get of those characters, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think that that's part of why I like the ending so much, because everything sort of falls away at the end Hmm. so you felt like the the artifice fell away Mm -hmm. and you got to see behind the curtain a little bit like what's kind of what's really happening in in the world oh yeah because she goes back into the bank and she looks great and everyone's fawning over how wonderful she looks Mm -hmm. but then the ending 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 is like very strange it it feels like because i don't know if, if she actually went back to the bank but the the way that um they reacted felt very concerned Mm-hmm. Um, be, the hesitations that the, the hesitation they had, it felt like they were scared. Well, because she looks so different. Yeah, but I, but if we're t- if we're saying that this is all like if we're saying the lotion is all in her head, um, like maybe like she didn't like it didn't like magically transform her. Like, mm-hmm. what is their actual reaction to? Well, in my mind, like. If I had to if I had to say what I thought happened in real life, mm-hmm. I would say that she got the lotion. She continued to use it and it continued to burn her skin, mm-hmm. uh, at least irritate her skin badly, uh, but also cause hallucinations. Yeah. And that she did end up killing her husband mm-hmm. because her husband, she has this conversation with him where he basically says, you know, you're perfect. And she's like, you don't want, you just don't want me to change. And he's like, no, I don't want you to change. Yeah. And that's the last straw because she realizes that she does, he doesn't want her to change. She's never going to change and he's never going to change. So she, mm-hmm. she kills him. I think she actually killed him. I think she, yes. she snapped. She killed him. She taxidermied him. Uh, bec- oh yeah. Because she's also a taxidermy artist and a very good yeah. one. She is. Um, I mean, just the whole theme of like removing the skin is like this mm-hmm. thing with the story. And you see her taxidermy a duck and it's pretty graphic. And I've never seen that happen before. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that she kills him and then she does herself up and goes to work. And mm-hmm. I just think that she she just comes across as more confident. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's changed. So she gives the appearance that she's changed. Um, as we know, like Kate Micucci is never, there was never anything wrong with the way she looked. No, so, yeah. But she just felt there was. How did her skin heal then? I don't know. That's... Maybe it just healed. Maybe maybe it just needed to work through a process. Maybe that's it. I that guess was it would have truth. taken her a while to um to taxidermy her husband. Right. So maybe maybe she just stopped having a reaction. Yeah. Like maybe it did just have to go through all of that, and then it, her skin cleared up. Mm-hmm. But it ends with her staring at the camera. Yeah. For a long time, mm-hmm. and going through like a series of emotions and facial expressions. Yeah. From like ex- ecstasy to fear to confusion to like delirium and making eye contact with the viewer like the entire time it's very unnerving and it went on a lot longer than i thought it was going to mm-hmm. if you ever want to know what it's like to be cornered by kate mccucci at a party <laughs> and not be able to get away it's probably very much what it's like 
Yeah. Um, you don't sound like you have very much to say about this episode. Uh, what really is there to say? <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's fa- it covers a lot of, it's a psychological thriller, but also mm-hmm. a vaguely a monster movie because the, the lotion monster exists and she does make out with it. This uh, is a very gay movie episode. You think so? I think there's a lot of homosexual subtext in it. Or actually yes. not subtext. It's, it's, it's gay in the way that straight women are gay with each other. Oh, you think? Yeah. Did you see that Christmas scene? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, there is a scene where they're where they this the the not so secret Santa scene. They all get lotion and they start rubbing it on each other's bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it it feels like like this feels like that this woman is closeted as well as struggling with her own self image mm-hmm. because the yes she thinks that like she clearly thinks they're beautiful but the way at least in the beginning um there's a shot where she's looking at a uh, blonde woman's hands as she rubs lotion in that felt very much like a a, a longing moment for something for maybe beauty but also maybe something else yeah it 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 visually the visual storytelling really makes you really makes you question the line between finding yourself attractive and finding things outside of yourself attractive Mm -hmm. like that you know like do you find something attractive and alluring and 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 uh and enticing because you want it or because you want to be it or at some point is there really no difference between the two things yeah i mean we the the part of what makes me think that is we never see her husband in like like she never seems to think of him in a sexual way right and i mean how could any sane person not <laughs> look at the mustache you just you want to give him a big old kiss i did really like his character martin star if i remember correctly because martin star in freaks and geeks played like of the three nerds of the three geeks he played like the biggest nerd like just like the the lanky and he had the huge glasses and the cracking mm-hmm. voice like he was like the worst and if i remember correctly from from behind the scenes stuff he they could never shoot him with his shirt off because Martin Starr in real life was so jacked <laughs> that it would have looked weird for the character to be like he's always been like a very cut like very in shape guy mm-hmm. and all but always played like these like weak nerds um and then he like like right after freaks and geeks he kind of disappeared for a while and then he came back and everyone was like he's a good looking guy yeah <laughs> um so how could you not how there must be something wrong with her she did not want to constantly bed down with martin's share that's of not martin's what i star. mean <laughs> you know what i mean i know what you mean uh the 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 relationship is respectful but it seems very physically passionless yeah it seems very platonic mm-hmm. yeah they almost seem like brother and sister mm-hmm. yeah i love their house i love the way the house is decorated yeah it looks like it's okay so this we, we mentioned secret santa the whole episode takes place at christmas time mm-hmm. or ode, just after christmas time and ode to joy is kind of playing the whole time it's like the theme music is this sort of like creepy sort of sentimental sad version of ode to joy and do you think that the only reason they had it be christmas was because of the miracle line at the end you kept saying every time anything would happen you kept saying it's a christmas miracle it's a christmas miracle and then at the end there is the miracle and Mm -hmm. i feel like that was part of it yeah the i mean you start getting into like the clear imagery of death and resurrection you start getting into like jesus symbolism Mm -hmm. uh uh she's you know it's it's this rebirth it's this it's it is the season of miracles so yeah i think that that is very much part of why you would set this at Christmas. Because like I said, the, the original short story or the original short comic doesn't have any of this. It's mm-hmm. just a woman trying to sell lotion who doesn't like to touch other people, doesn't like the lotion on her skin, thinks there's a lotion monster in her house. Like, that's it. Uh, 
they 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 oh and there's like a, a above shot of her sleeping in bed with her husband like that's the only similarity because she's like an old a middle-aged woman uh doesn't even look like they they didn't repl- replicate any of that um mm-hmm. i'd be curious to see what emily carroll thinks about this episode because it's clearly says it's based on her story uh but they could have changed like the name of the lotion and it could have been a completely it could have just claimed it as their own but that would have been dishonest that would have been dishonest. You said it reminded you of a Doctor Who episode. You also said that. <laughs> yeah. But you said it first. I did say it first. Like five seconds first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's similar to this, the episode with the aliens who are like made out of fat. Mm-hmm. The liposuction or whatever monsters. The, the, uh, the adipose. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Why you do mentioned. I remember that. <laughs> and there was another one that you mentioned. The flesh. The flesh. Uh, whose powers I can't remember. I don't remember. The, what flesh, the flesh is. Um, is 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 a a entity that transform it, it was like human made to create like replicas of people while they were in space so that they didn't damage their real that's bodies right, that's right they would yes put their con- and then it became like sentient and there were multiples of people running around right yes and then amy pond turned out to be one spoilers for a 10 year old episode of doctor who um yes yes there is a doctor Who-y feel to it like a sort of a sci-fi mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's weird it's because it's goofy as well like there's a goofiness yeah. to it a playfulness to the whole thing um and i don't know i thought i mean for me personally i felt that it was maybe 10 minutes too long yeah there were some sequences that kind of went on a, like a, just a little a hair longer than i was happy with mm-hmm. uh plus when it kind of started becoming clear what was going to happen or what was happening i kind of wished it had barreled towards the ending a little bit faster mm-hmm. but uh but very well directed yeah um the performances i thought were just amazing just dynamite performances i've Ooh. i've never been a particularly huge fan of kate mccucci uh i it just not like I didn't like her just I just was never just like blown away but I was super impressed with her performance mm-hmm. in this like just totally we committed need, to this role we need to get more comedic actors in horror oh yeah it's a fine line yeah it's it's they're so good at, at their faces mm-hmm. and and their exaggerated responses to things uh this had a lot of body horror in it as well this is our first like real this is the first episode that made me get up and walk away yeah but it didn't make you get up and walk away because of the body <laughs> horror no it made you get up and walk away because kate mccucci because stacy shoots kills taxidermies a duck that That's, she then yeah. gives as her secret santa gift i didn't care about the taxidermy let me be clear about that that right. was fine. it was it was the arriving at a party with a gift you knew everyone was gonna hate yeah well just arriving at a party yeah in general and, and honestly their reaction to the duck was probably about as nice as they could be mm-hmm. like it wasn't polite but it wasn't they didn't they didn't try to humiliate her yeah yeah somehow that's worse (laughs) (laughs) what's cool is that i get she even though she clearly has something going on in her head Mm -hmm. she's a perfectly nice person yeah until she murders her husband until she murders her husband she's a perfectly until she until she gets addicted to the hallucinogenic skin cream Mm -hmm. she's a perfectly nice person uh perfectly likable the kind of co-worker i'd probably talk to a lot and hang out with the uh, only thing that is off-putting about her to me is her lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. But she also works with people who make like yeah, who kind of exude that sense, like that you should be like them. If she works at a nonprofit, she'd probably feel a lot better. Yeah, if she didn't work at a bank in a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think the episode was supposed to take place during the '80s. Yeah, the shoulder pads. But they did have a flat-screen TV, which was weird. They did. They it, had a mo- okay. modern television. It was one of those things where it I could not tell what the era was. That's why I compared it to Edward Scissorhands because Mm -hmm. it was that like, oh, it's just kind of they're using bits from every era. 
I have a question about for you about the episode. What is it? Did you think they were going to do something with uh, her paranoia about being home alone? Yes. <laughs> the whole episode starts with her at home and she thinks mm-hmm. there's someone in the house. Yeah. And well, the only thing I can think of for that was that it s- established that she has an axe. I thought it established that she was uh um she was she was not like altogether like she like ha- there was she had some mental issues. Yeah, I guess. Like but it, like you her know. paranoia and and stuff like that. But the paranoia doesn't really come into play later on. Like at least not that kind of paranoia. Mm-hmm. But, but what's funny is the original comic is a semi sequel. It has one character in it is was used in a previous Emily Carroll mm-hmm. comic that is about a woman living in a house alone, but she's she's house sitting for some people, and she keeps having dreams and thinking someone is downstairs. I thought that they were going to actually like tie in that comic mm-hmm. into this. It didn't end up happening, but I was. I was like sort of yeah. anticipating like, oh, are they going to like put these two stories together? Um, they did. That's 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 the one thing that threw me off because I was expecting this tie into the beginning and then it didn't happen. Right. Where she constantly thinks someone's in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, oh, because in the original comic, there's fr- she frequently gets up at night and this thing is in the house. The person mm-hmm. like the the, the 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 lotion monster is just there and it's coming through the doors. And I thought that's where that was going to go. Yeah. Where this thing was in the house or she thought it was, but because she has a history of, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no idea. I don't know why. I don't know. Like I said, like it felt a little shaggy to me. Like there was. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't the best episode. I thought it could have been trimmed at the script stage a little bit, like tightened yeah. up, like maybe a 45 minute episode. Because mm-hmm. um, that is, was, it was, this was the longest one we've watched so far. Bring in a script doctor, man. <laughs> or just, you know, kind of add a few pages or just don't make the takes. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not usually the kind of person who gets impatient with, with horror or movies or anything, but I was a little impatient with this one. Just a little impatient. Uh, it didn't. I, 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 I thought think- that they did a lot with it Mm -hmm. like the taxidermy and the lotion and everything i thought maybe there was a bit too much done (laughs) yeah it had a lot of it threw a lot of ideas out there Mm -hmm. yeah which i'm never gonna fault a filmmaker for no doing a lot like i'd rather have someone try try too much and and go a little overboard than than not give me enough Mm -hmm. like i thought it was better than the first episode yeah 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 uh, I, I I think the performance is really really good, and I think that um the cinematography definitely of this episode, like the the microwave shots were awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything was. There's a lot of close up, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, close ups of skin, of food, of TVs, and then a lot of uh, goopy sound effects. Yeah. yeah, um, the camera work in this was awesome. Yeah, cinematography by Colin Holt, mm-hmm. who uh, also works on the Chucky TV series. He was on Lock and Key, Star Trek Discovery. He, looks oh, like he, just, yeah. he worked on the strain looks like he does a lot of like genre television mm-hmm. um and the i mean a ton of visual effects for this episode a lot of goop a lot of like i think cg for the for the lotion monster yeah you're not gonna get someone who wants to put all of that on them <laughs> you're not gonna be able to cast an actual lotion monster no unfortunately it looks uh, good though and then the uh, the uh, music for this episode was done by Danielle Lupi. Lupi, mm-hmm. Lupi. It's the only episode of of this show that they do. But they also did uh, the episode five episodes of the I Am Groot TV series. Uh, That's a TV series. Yeah, there was like this a bunch of little shorts uh, okay. of I Am Groot. Tiger, the movie Tiger, Tiger. Oh, uh, the director's uh, I think latest movie mona lisa and the blood moon uh so a lot of genre stuff but yeah great great behind the scenes production stuff on this whole show 
I was going to say, um, I think at some point while she was in the basement with the lotion monster, it did turn into a person, though. It did turn into a what? A person. Like, the it stopped being just CGI and it started being... Oh, like a person in a, in, yeah. a, in an outfit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was definitely someone there. Yeah. But I think that it, it there was a moment where the there was another like it, they were shooting they 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 cut into another shot and I was like that's a person mm. as mm-hmm. opposed to it being a, a lotion fake monster yeah yeah no that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah and then it ends with her just staring at the uh, at the TV screen but that is that is Guillermo Toro's cabinet of curiosities the outside and I guess the outside refers to like the skin mm-hmm. on your body yeah yeah that's, I guess it's not that hard to analyze. Um, so next time on It's Del Toro Time, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, we are covering our the first H.P. Uh, Lovecraft adaptation, uh, which will be... Not the first Cthulhu Mythos the one, though. No, uh, but the first direct adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's story with Pikmin's Model. Mm. Pikmin's Model, directed by Keith Thomas, the director of the new Firestarter, the director of the film The Vigil from 2019. Uh, I'm looking forward to this because i've read pikmin's model i mean a billion times it's a very short story Mm -hmm. and i'm interested in seeing how they do a story that is very dependent on artwork that is supposed to be horrifying and off-putting interesting (laughs) because you're you can describe it in a book but the hardest thing about this kind of thing is showing it to an audience so uh, we'll see. Maybe they won't even do it. Maybe they'll. Maybe it'll be a model hey, for something else. Hey, I mean, else. the best way to best way to uh, adapt a, a, a H.P. Lovecraft story is to not show anything. <laughs> not show anything. Uh, well, here's hoping that in our next episode they will not show us anything. Yep. But until oh, well, I don't you know. Maybe it'll work out. <laughs> but until then, I am Phil and I'm Willow, and we'll see you when it's Del Toro time. <laughs>